Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And we are bringing you Season 3, Episode 4. That's right. This week. Um, We hope you enjoyed uh, last week's episode. Uh, Uh, That was a great record and great beer. I think so. I I think that for all, this is what, the 24th episode we've done? Yeah, this one's 24. Uh. I think that's the best combo of record and beer. They were both fucking fantastic. Hey, hey, my wife, your sister, picked it out. And she, she also picked out the beer for this week's segment, and I have no clue what it is. So hopefully she matched it up pretty good. She All did right. good last week. Yeah, she did. But before we even get started, I, I do just want to say... What did we was that uh, Apple email that we got the other day? Uh, yeah, that was pretty surprising. So apparently... Uh, this is pertains to Apple Podcasts only. You know, where our podcast is available pretty much everywhere you get a podcast. But for um we get updates for analytics, right? Uh we got one from Apple and we are in the top two fifty of music podcasts. Hey, I was pretty stoked when we got that. Number two thirty eight to be <laughs> Yeah, I precise. thought I thought it was around two thirty eight, but yeah. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I, I uh, had been drinking when I got the information. We folks. were both pretty surprised. Brandon texted me because uh, we both check, you know, the the show's email. He's like, "Did you fucking see this?" <laughs> hey, it's it's a rough. It's, it's a long way to the top if you want to do a podcast, folks. That's all I got to say. That's right. Well, I'm. I'll just go ahead and. Well, wait, wait. Before we get into this a, record, did did anyone find the Easter egg from? last week's episode that's what uh, i want to know right um you know we do throw easter eggs at you guys um kind of giving you a little bit of heads up of what the next show is going to be there are a lot between um the episodes right and then the the shitty memes that we put up on the facebook page there's a lot of of little fucking Easter eggs. Yeah, so, you know, you guys might want to start paying a little bit of attention to uh, those things. It could possibly lead you in the direction of next week's show, but then again, it could, you know, it could yeah. not. We don't know. Sometimes we throw a curveball, and it might be for an episode that's down the road, but if you pay attention... That's uh, right. But this record we're doing today, two things, right? I think this is the biggest record we've ever done, right? Um, I would say probably, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also one of my all-time favorite records. And that's the funny thing. Is I know. I mean, like, you're a casual fan, right? Like, I'm more of a, a hardcore fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd go with that analogy. Um, but we'll get into that after we do the beers. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know what kind of hint I can uh, throw out there. Well, like I said earlier, um it's on Atlantic Records. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big catalog. 
you know, do you celebrate the whole Atlantic <laughs> catalog? Uh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, my wife, Trav's sister, she did pick out the beer for this episode. So I'm going to go into the Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews Beer Vault. Mm-hmm. Oh, I switched yeah. it up this ah, week. I like it. So I'm nice. going into the beer vault. So take it away, buddy. Uh, I hope everybody liked last week's episode, um, Fly on the Wall. Brandon and I were pretty stoked about that. Uh, we, I mean, we said it in the episode, but we totally fucking dig that era of ACDC. Simon Wright, way fucking underrated, playing drums for them. And that's Brian Johnson's best stuff. Okay, so... What I'm feeling, it feels like aluminum bottles of some sort. All right. Um, my my wife, Trav's sister, she went to Sheets, by the way, All and right. she said Sheets has a shitty selection <laughs> of beer. So let's see. All right. Oh, no. Uh, is it one of those weeks? Yeah. It's going to be TRBL, <laughs> Kenny. All right. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I probably haven't drank this in 20 years. I mean, I've spent time with it in my misfit youth, um, but um, nothing probably within the last 10, <laughs> 15 years. I mean, I was always a Miller Lite guy when I was drinking this kind of beer, but... Uh, I used to drink the unleaded version mm-hmm. of this. But it is the king of beers. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, Can I say one thing funny, though, about this? What's that? I used to work with this guy who was from St. Louis. Uh, And they probably don't drink it. (laughs) That's the thing. You wouldn't think that they do, but they do. But also, uh, you know, their their byline back then used to be that it was Beachwood aged, right? Yeah. But he said he and everybody around St. Louis would always call it plywood aged. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, I don't even... Do they still? Yep, they still say Beechwood aged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you folks haven't figured it out, it's a uh, Budweiser, the King of Beers. Yes, in the uh, aluminum aluminum bottle. bottles. All right. Drink the, the, it. I do like the new packaging. I will say that they kind of went like back to the old font it, for it's, Budweiser, it's, right? Yeah, it's kind of retro. Yeah. Because what, what's that saying? Because you deserve what. Everyone is supposed to enjoy regularly or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I never understood why this was always called the King of Beers because yeah, it, I'm, I'm it never because they were the first ones to say it. They must have because this was never one of my favorite beers, even though I did partake my uh, share of them underage at the Wagon Wheel in Mansfield, Ohio. Ugh. You know, I've only drank out of an aluminum bottle a couple times, I think. Yeah, I think I've only ever had a couple of them. All right, cheers. All right, we twisted the caps. I mean, it's it's exactly what you expect it's going to be. It's like middle of the road. It doesn't really taste like much, but it's not going to offend you. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it had more off of the hit than what it did. It doesn't. I mean, this this is what you'd expect to spend uh, twelve dollars for at a ball game, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'll, I'll take another one here. Um. You know, it it's it doesn't. It's not the worst thing you've ever drank, but it's not something that you're going to pick up usually if you want something that's got some flavor. Yeah, it really doesn't. 
really doesn't have a taste to it. No, I mean, it's not going to offend anybody. Well, there we go. Since 1876, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Budweiser Lager Beer. Um, but, yeah, I have no problem finishing this one. No, right? I mean, I'll drink it, but it just really doesn't have no taste to it's, it. Of all the beers that we've done, right? So we've done, for those of you that have listened we, for a while. Hold we, on, we've we, done some real humdinger <laughs> shitty ones. We've done some really shitty ones. Obviously, the ice beers. When we went to that phase and we tried to fuck each other over uh, with the worst beer we could find. But then we also have gotten some really tasty beers, right? Yeah. This is exactly in the middle. It tastes like nothing. I mean, I... I right? I mean, honestly, if I got to go on a scale between... Heavy and tap water. I'm putting this close to tap water. Yeah. It's I mean, it just it really does not have I don't know. For, <laughs> I mean, for those of you that haven't had Budweiser in a long time, and if you're at a show or a ball game or something and you have your choice against things that you, you really hate in a bud, it doesn't taste like anything. It's it's not gonna be offensive. No, I mean, and that's the thing. It it really does it just honestly if if i gotta go on a scale of flatness yeah i mean i'm not talking about the beer being right, flat right, right. it's but, just but, the taste profile is flat i mean it's i, I mean, really honestly like it tastes like nothing yeah i mean i don't know i <laughs> so i'm i'm gonna if we rate it on a scale of we usually just do thumbs up and thumbs down for beers but if we did uh one to five like we do for uh, records. I'm gonna go with 2.5 because I feel like it's exactly in the middle of yeah. things that taste shitty and things that taste good. And, and I agree with that. It's nothing of it stands out to me. No, you know what? This is probably the most in-depth Budweiser review that's been done in the last 30 years. Probably. Hell, it might be the most in-depth since 1876. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I here's mean, to I, the the delicious plywood-aged Budweiser. All right, plywood-aged Budweiser, the king of beers. It just, I don't know, it just kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah, man, it is what it is. Yeah. Right? Uh, I would like to apologize to the uh, the beer man at uh, Shag Lee's up in Mansfield, uh, JC. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know. Yeah. The bottle's cool. It is. I, I do like the aluminum bottles. That's a good idea. But... Like I said, it just, I mean, honestly, it only got a little bit more flavor than what, I don't know. I think PBR's actually got more flavor. Uh, it totally does. Hmm. Well, there you go, folks. Go get yourself a Budweiser and give it I a shot. I wish you guys could see us right now. Brandon and I look super fucking pensive. We're looking over <laughs> these bottles for fucking. Yeah, we're, it's like, yeah. We can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. Well. At least one thing, yeah. we know the album this week is going to be way better than the beer selection. Oh, it's so good. Jesus um, Christ, this album's so good. And your copy is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit around that that um, I'll get to here. Uh, shit, I might as well just lay it on me. But yeah, but this is a, another cool week, like last week, where we've got two copies to kind of talk a little bit about. Um, go ahead. All right, so this week's episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews is Led Zeppelin 2, folks. Mm. Uh, the yeah. original release date was October 22nd, 1969, and 
you know we do shitty research around these parts. We do. So, so the best research we can do on the copy that I have is we're we're guessing it's a seventy one repress. Yeah. I mean it's super. It, it's still an early version, but. I we just can't find. There was conflicting info when we were looking it up. Uh, some information said it was a '69 repress, and others said it was a '71. But to err on the side of caution, we're saying it's a '71 repress. Yeah, and um, honestly, if you go through the numbers that are etched on the wax, if you go by what's inside the um, cover, if you pull up other numbers on the record. You know, so we're yeah. not, you know, our best guess is it's at least a 71 repress or older yeah. is what we're going to go with on this one. But that's the best we could do. Yeah. Um, and we actually, of all the things we've done, that's probably the most research we've put into anything in this show. It is. And you know who else doesn't do any fucking research? I got a pretty good fucking idea. Um, smoking computer. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Fucking freeloader over there. I know. You know, sometimes maybe he's dropping a little hint, hint for uh, yeah. future episodes. Could be, and right. maybe not. I don't know. Right. You know, you can't rely on that guy for anything. He did leave us hanging uh, one yeah. week uh, this season, folks. Fuck that dude. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, he's giving us this thank eye over there. He's got his own studio, folks, so... He's high on the hog here. It's fucking hot shot. All right. So I'll tell you what. Let me start the uh, album cover and artwork off. Yeah, do it. Um, I mean, I I gave it a three. <laughs> fucking I, no, I gave it a three, and I just wanted to start it off because it kind of fits in with our beer segment this week. Yeah. I just think it's kind of boring for me. And I'm glad that the songs are better than the album cover. I mean, I get well, that they used an old school picture and then threw the band members in, but yeah. to me, it just, I don't know, it just really never does anything for me. Um, I can get that. It's not a five, right? I gave it a four because it is fucking Led Zeppelin too. Uh, and I always thought this was cool. So I like like the color scheme on, on these original copies, the original certain countries but there's also the ones that have instead of the brown background they've got the purple you know what i mean have you seen those yeah i've seen it i always thought those were cool looking too but i like you know like the clouds and then the sort of super generic looking looks like somebody in middle school wrote the led zeppelin font on this one i mean that part of it's cool i get that but like the rest of it it looks like they took zeppelin one superimpose something. Uh, it feels and like the next step, though. You know what drop I mean? Drop like, some fucking picture on it. I don't but know. But it's, it's definitely not a five. And uh, to be honest... And they're all wearing shirts. <laughs> <laughs> a little Montrose uh-huh. throwback, folks. And high and dry. Yeah, high and dry. High and dry, I think, started it for this show, anyway. Um, Not to go too far off track here. High and dry is moving up the rankings of all-time listens. Well, I did notice in the old analytics section mm-hmm. that our UK friends are starting to really get on board. Yeah, they're turning it up. I like it. And I am glad to say I, I clicked on the uh, actual city charts. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see Mansfield, Ohio bumping up yeah. uh, their game, too. Yeah, getting in there. I like it. 
So, yeah, that was kind of a letdown when the show first started that we had more plays in <laughs> other countries than we did in actual the town we're from. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. I like it. We're coming full circle. Um, so I'll start here at Strong Tracks. This might shock you, Brandon. I gave it a five. Oh, the, no. He gave it a five? Also, this is the most strong tracks I've ever had on any of the records that we've done, all right? I'll agree with that. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and list them in the order they are in the record, right? Whole Lot of Love, What Is and What Should Never Be, The Lemon Song, Thank You, Heartbreaker, Ramble On, Moby Dick, Bring It On Home. Those are all strong tracks. Um, Let's see. Well, I gave it a five. Yeah. And I just said really the whole album. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially, I left one song out. I mean, I said, I don't know about the reissue because I've never heard it, but this is fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, I said, a whole lot of love. What is and what should never be the lemon song. Thank you. Heartbreaker. Living, loving made ramble on Moby Dick. Bring it on home. So that is the whole album. Did I name the whole Uh, album? Yeah, because I I think that's it. Well, like I said, the whole fucking album. I mean, look, you're acting like you're not a fucking Zeppelin fan. You just listed the whole album <laughs> as strong tracks. I'm, I'd I, just like to point that out. Yeah, and I'll get into it here shortly <laughs> of why I felt that. Um, that's the this most people, or I should say, most uh, serious Zeppelin fans, I think, consider two the best. Zeppelin record, right? Well, even the critics have regularly cited that this is one of the greatest and most influential albums of all time. I agree with that 100%. And what it it's all well over 12 million copies. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's above that now. I mean, it's it's sold a crazy amount. Um how many records A are still awesome after 50 years plus? And when you think about the strong tracks, you list the entire album. No, I know. But I got my reason on why I, I say that. I, I, I get it. Uh, but this is a deep record. Um, I'm I'm much more of a Zeppelin fan than you are. Uh, we talked about this before we started recording. You're more of a casual Zepp fan. I'm more of a hardcore Zepp fan. Yeah, I mean, I just got burned out on it. Like, growing up, I mean... We talked about it, like the radio station where we grew up, and I'm sure most of you guys had a radio station. <laughs> every night at 7 o'clock, it was get the lead out. But every fucking classic rock station plays like the same five Zeppelin songs exactly. 50 years later. And, and honestly, I'm throwing it out there, too. That's my problem with Leonard Skinner. They yeah, they, yeah. they would play the same fucking songs over yeah. and over. And I mean... Black Sabbath, they still play like yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> That's um, it. You know. Um <laughs> Hey, do you hear that, Clear Channel? Fuck you guys. Yeah, or, nay, I'm sorry, Clear Channel is now iHeart. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been out of the biz for a while, folks. Um, So out of that entire album that you loved for Strong Tracks, what's your favorite one? My favorite, I gave it a 4.5. All right. And I chose Thank You. That's a fucking fantastic song. Um, I think it's the perfect way to Inside One. The music on that, it's got that cool hippie sound of the, you know, late 60s, and then that damn 12 string kicks in, and, you know, it brings that Zeppelin cool to it. Yeah. And I love Bonham's 
drums on it. Yep. And they just contrast the softness of the song. It's a fantastic song. It really is. And the funny thing is, Robert Plant wrote that for his wife. And I think that was the same wife that he was cheating on yeah. with her sister. That's uh, rock and roll. That's why he said thank you. Yeah, that's rock and roll. She must have took his ass back or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I do got a number two pick for that one. Yeah, but he got. Um, I got to throw Moby Dick in there. It's it's great. Right? And I I usually throw out instrumentals, but that song with Paige and Bonham just fucking jamming. That's awesome. Have you ever seen the Led Zeppelin DVD, the good one that came out like 15 years ago ish, 16, 17 years ago, early 2000s? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I'll bring it over. Um, we should watch it. There's a really, there's a lot of good live stuff on there, and there's a great, great version of Moby Dick on there. Um, that's fantastic. Th- this was hard for me to pick my favorite track. I gave it a five, but I went back and forth between about five songs. Uh, and I settled on Ramble On. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the how it starts off slow and then it, it yeah. kicks in. I mean... Um, but this is one of those ones, and we talk about this sometimes. If you'd ask me tomorrow, I'd probably pick a different one. Yeah, and that's why I was like, when I was doing my notes, I mean, but to me, thank you. I, I just... It, it's a great... It's a great fucking song. And I was like... I was like, I know I'm going to catch flack for that, but I think it's a great song. No, it, it's a fantastic song. Um, for tracks to avoid, this might have been the hardest one for me for any record that we've done up to this point. Honestly, I thought this one was easy. Um, well, go ahead. I gave the track to avoid, I gave it a five. <laughs> See? And I said none on this album. Uh, all right. None. You know why? Because it's our fucking show. All right. We get no feedback from you faithful listeners out there. So I'm going to stir the shit pot and I'm going none. This wow. is the all first right. album that I've said absolutely none. All right. So the casual Zep fan says the entire album is strong tracks and there are no tracks to avoid. I would like this noted for the record. And you can drop the needle on this fucker and just let it go um, until you got to flip it. And then just yeah. let it go. Uh, you fucking snaked me because I I, 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 I would have fucking done that. I didn't think that we could do that hey, on this all show. I, all I can say on this one is between Jimmy Page and Eddie Kramer being the engineer. Yep. I mean, that's it. This, this album just works. Yeah. And so um, we'll we'll get into this. But since you said that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now for for people that don't know, Jimmy Page produced all of the Zep albums, but he used a different engineer in every album on purpose. Uh, to kind of showcase that he knew what he was doing, which I think is kind of unique and, and interesting. Anyway, so my track to avoid, and I agree with you, there's not really one. I gave it a four, and it's the only song I didn't listen list for uh, strong tracks. It's Livin' Lovin', uh, you know. So yeah, I mean, I always like that one. Cause I do too. I'm it, just saying, like, I gotta, I gotta pick l- one, right? Like fucking John well, Paul. Sorry, no, apparently I don't have to fucking. No, pick you one. don't. It's our show. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Huh, that's what keeps us interesting, folks. I should say that uh, the track to avoid in this record is the least awesome song on this record. And if any of you out there find it, feel free to shoot it to us. Because like I said, I am not a huge Zeppelin fan. And I I still thought this album was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, all right, so I'll go, I'll go for Deep Cuts first. I'll, I mean, uh, not to mention that the whole album was written while they were touring. Yeah. 
for the first album. And we talked about this before we started recording. Zep 2 and 1 both came out in the same year. Yeah. When's the last time a band has put two albums out in the same year that are fucking good? And, and, you know, you can go even further and say two of the greatest albums ever made, right? Like, that's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. That's that's why they called them the Mighty Zep. But that is funny because, what, two episodes ago we had the American Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Now we got the actual... Led Zeppelin. That's right. Yeah, this season's just getting crazier and crazier, folks. Um, yeah. So deep cuts, uh, a five, obviously. But I'm going with uh, "Bring It On Home." I feel like that's one that people you don't hear like on the radio ever or rarely, uh, and people don't talk about that one as much. But it's you know this is one of those albums that's huge. So there's not necessarily a deep cut, but I feel like this is this is one. No, I know, I know what part of that song you're digging is where it goes from the slow to the right. when the guitar kicks in. Absolutely. I mean, it's great. But for my deep cuts, I gave I gave my deep cut a five, mm-hmm. and I just said pick whatever you want off this album. I'm not the biggest Zeppelin fan, but listening to an old school copy of this on vinyl really changes things. Yeah, I would say that your scoring on this uh, says that you are a big Zep fan. I'm really not. Yeah. That That's why I was surprised when I did my you notes. You just turned this podcast into a podcast of lies. Well, it's not a lie. I mean, th- <laughs> if you listen to this album on CD, listen to it on MP3, anything like that, it, it's blah. If if you have an older copy of this album, and like I said, I have never listened to the reissue, so I do not know, you know, how that is. I'm sure yeah. it's yeah. Probably... I mean, to hop in, I've got I have all the Zeppelin albums with oh, the Jimmy Page uh, remaster reissues from 2014 and 15, and this record sounds great. And you know, it's 180 gram. Um, it was overseen. The remaster was overseen by Jimmy Page. It's great. When Brandon put this copy on, it was a while ago. I think it was before, actually, this wasn't on our list for season three, and he put his copy on. Yeah, well, I was just dicking and around And we were that like, day. we need to fucking do this for season three because this copy is so fucking good sounding. And the funny thing is, you know, when we were looking up to try to date it, yep. I mean, it's got surface scratches all over it. I mean, it has been played. Um it has never been cleaned. Yep. Um, actually, you know, I, I mean, I I got this album from my wife, your sister's old neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, he just was like, you know, or actually his grandson, because I I used to take care of. We washed the house for him after his grandpa died, and he goes, well, you know, I said, oh, cool, there's records, and he goes, well, you know, grab whatever you want. And this was the only record in there that I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take this one. And I never played it. And until that day when we were down there, and even when I borrowed your spin clean, I never cleaned this record. And, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, there's very few records when Brandon and I are listening together or individually uh, when we stop and we're like, holy fuck. Like, uh, you know, like this copy sounds so much different than any digital copy you've heard but also so much different than like the like i was saying that the the remasters the reissue sound and we go back to this a lot 
but this, this I think more than anything that we've done, it sounds so much different. It's deeper, and the space between everything is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's what's funny is it, like I said, what's it got? A couple pops, maybe. I think I texted you when I borrowed this last week to I do my notes. I think they're on side one. It's got like two tiny pops. Yeah. And that's it. And like I said, when I borrowed your stuff, I didn't even clean it because I just pulled it out and I was like, well, hell, it looks fine to me. Yeah. It, it sounded pristine. There was, I mean, for me, I, I think there was only a pop on side one. I don't think I had anything on side two. Okay. So, and, and I mean, it's got that old type of cover that gets that mildew, you know, that little mildew it adds spots a little character. on it. I mean, it, it's got character. But like That's I said, um, just when we were trying to look it up, it's it's hard to really date it. So we're going with the 71 repress on this one. Yeah. I mean, we're not experts on dating records. And especially when you get into something that's been pressed and repressed a million times, literally, uh, over the years, right? And that's the problem when, track it because this album, I mean, it didn't have a barcode. Yep. You know, that's what's nice about the barcode albums is you can scan it in the discogs and boom, it pulls right up. Yeah. This one, you can type in the numbers that are um, etched on the vinyl and you'll get one thing. Yep. And then you can put the numbers that are on the label and you'll get another thing. And that's why we just went ahead and said, you know, we think to the best of our knowledge, it's a 71 repress. Yeah. And this thing, whoo, I'll get to it when we get into our... Well, we, we're leading into it right now. Um, production, overall sound. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, the freaking bottom end on this fucking copy is fucking crazy. It is. The freaking... Oh. I couldn't believe that was the biggest difference between my remaster and this one. And this, to be fair, this is not the Robert Ludwig... It's not. Um, This is not that one. So maybe this is one of the first ones when they went in and took some of that out. Yeah. Because from what I gather, and if you go off of Discogs and price-wise off of Discogs, the Robert Ludwig ones, those are the huge money ones. Yep. But this one, to me, man, this thing was loaded with bottom end. Um, you know, Paige, he did a great job on this one. Yeah. Um. I, I think the band, they was, and I know I say this a lot, but they were firing on all cylinders. No, I mean, they were the, they were just getting into their prime, right? Like coming out of the first Zep record, and then you got two, three, four, right? And then it doesn't, for me, like everything's awesome. My my other, uh, once you get out of the numeric, numerical titles for them, um, Presence is my other favorite Zep record. So for me, like there's there's not a bad Zep record. Um, there's some that are better than others, but they're all good. No, because even like in through the outdoor, yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's got a oh, couple great. great zeppelins yeah, on, I mean, on it. It's got in the evening on it, you know. It's like and in all my love on that yeah. one. And I thought there was another one. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. So see, I told you I am not the world's biggest Zeppelin fan, but um, but yeah, go out and listen to some old Zepp records. Yeah, but I uh, I agree with you. Um five for production overall sound um just fucking fantastic like i my only notes for this section i usually have a lot more it just says this recorded awesomely this copy is fucking amazing sounding yeah i mean you just that night when we was over here and i just was like you know i just grabbed it 
and which we randomly do while we're playing darts and stuff. And geez, we was just like the we kind of we kind of stopped. Yeah, right? we like, did because everybody was looking at each other and we're like, "The fucking this thing is yeah. crazy." But yeah, definite five on that. Yeah. Um, what do you got for uh, overall listening experience? I gave it a five. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, um, I I I just thought it was great. And, you know, I was very impressed with this copy. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's it's never been clean. It, it, and, I mean, as far as playability, it's, it's pretty pristine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like I said, you can look at it, and it's got some surface scratches, but none of that affects playability. Nope. And this album has bass and bottom end for days. I mean, it's... This copy. It's, it's so great. I gave it a five, obviously. Um I think it's one of the the best albums uh, of all time, but this copy in particular is fantastic. <clears throat> and Brandon knows this. One thing: a lot of my vintage records in my collection, I don't give a shit what the jacket looks like. I've got tons of records with beat up jackets, yeah, and the and records I'm, are are pristine. I'm not big on the jackets on them neither. I mean, I know there's a lot of snobs out there that, but that's a good way to get vintage records cheap. Uh, if you know what I mean, if you're fine with it, you can get a pristine copy a lot of times when the jacket's beat up. Well, and then sometimes though, um, I've ran into it in the past where the jacket is in great condition, yeah, but right. I pick it up like for a buck, super cheap. And then when I get it home and listen to it and the vinyl's not the best, but then maybe one day if I'm out at the uh, local record shops and there's a copy that just come in and the covers beat the shit. But the vinyl is in better shape than the vinyl that I had. I just swap them out. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a good way to do it. I've done that too. I mean, you know, I honestly, folks, there's no wrong way to go about vinyl. No, that's part of the thing. It's fun. It's like, just have fun with it. Um, um, well, just this past uh, weekend, um, I know we're there's the haters out there, but hey, Walmart... Just had their big sale, um, you know, $15 albums. Um, yeah, we just went out and bought a bunch. Yeah, I mean, the you know, we, we were over here the other day listening to some of them, uh, and they're pressed really well. Like, they're, they're nice pressings. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the thing, too. I mean, I know people get into the argument of, well, you could have found an OG, blah, blah, blah. I don't know where some of these folks are buying their records from, but... Uh, OG copies of, you know, some of the stuff like I picked up um, over the weekend. Yeah. Good luck finding it for the $15 for the reissue. You're right. And we talked about this because I had recently, uh, over the summer, picked up um, Diary of a Madman. And I paid more for it than you did for that copy um, you got from Walmart. And it sounded pretty fucking banging to me when we played it the other day. It sounded really good. And, you know, and that's the thing, too. I mean, hey, I, I I love music, so I get music wherever I can get it. I mean, you know, we support the local shops. Um, but, you know, then there are some local shops, uh, not all of them that we go to, but there's a few that they're pretty proud of what they have. And, you know, some things, I like to listen to my collection. I don't just buy it and keep it and put it up so sometimes i'm better off just okay well fuck it because i'm gonna play it that, that's a good point we've never really talked about that too much brandon and i are both the same way about this 
and, and there's no wrong way. Uh, some people have a collection and they want it to be pristine. I know like, cause I like a lot of soundtracks. Like I get a lot of horror soundtracks and sci-fi soundtracks and a lot of those collectors won't even open them up. Uh, and that's, that's fine. You know, whatever you want to do for fun is cool. Brandon and I like vinyl. Um, we like the way it sounds. We like the, the sort of like the, when you go through the process of playing it, looking at, open it up, looking at everything. Um, so we, we care less about, uh, what the jacket looks like and more about the, the vinyl and we're not buying the vinyl just to, to collect and like put on a shelf. There's nothing wrong at all for people to do that. That's cool because vinyl's great. The covers are fantastic, right? Um, but there's different ways to collect and there's no wrong way. A lot of times, Brent, this is a long way around to this. Brandon and I were talking about this week, a lot of these vinyl boards in uh, Facebook pages People are shitting on each other about where they buy yeah. and the way they collect. And it's like, just fucking have fun. It, Respect other people for collecting the way they like to collect. There's no wrong way to do it. And this is my thing, too. And and I know a lot of them were shitting on Walmart because it's pushing pressings behind this and that. You know, the whole because they can buy more volume. I get all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if someone was walking through Walmart, bought a freaking turntable and then bought a couple albums there and it gets them into the hobby and gets them listening to vinyl i'm all for it sure i mean you know i mean i'm you know the whole politics of it aside i'm all for it because it's bringing new members in and maybe eventually down the road it could also drive down the cost of some of these albums that we do buy from different places that we're having to spend, you know, fifty, sixty dollars for because that's the only way you can get it. Yeah, I mean, there's two there's two things that you kind of brought up there, right? So if that person who just started buying vinyl from Walmart, they're gonna find their way to the local record store. Yeah, they're gonna do that, right? And then secondly, and you and I talk about this all the time. There's tons of records we'd like to have that we can't find and or afford the original oh, pressing. No shit. And so the only way to get it a lot of times is a repress. And and I'm going to throw one out there for you. Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah. Good luck finding an OG of that that's under a hundred and some dollars. Yeah, I mean, you just have to make your peace sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you know but then I'll, there are other albums that they come out with and, you know, like um, I'm, I'm going to throw the Newberry Ace Fraley greatest mm-hmm. hits out there. Yeah, when he's just so you guys don't know, Newberry Comics out of um, the Northeast, they do a lot of really great represses and Brandon recently got this Ace Fraley one. Yeah, so they, they do limited runs on them. Mm-hmm. I think this was a run of 300. And it is uh, like a blue, black, and I think a white splatter. Yeah, it's fucking sexy. The fucking album looks fucking phenomenal. It plays fucking phenomenal. And I've even found Trav a regular just black vinyl copy, and he will not buy it because he's wanting to score one of those colored ones. Yeah, it's too sexy to pass up. And, and you know, that is one area where I'll give Walmart and Target props because they are putting all their stuff out on colored vinyl yeah i mean i don't for the most part everything's colored vinyl and i mean we're kind of off in the weeds here but i'm gonna say this overall colored vinyl 
plays the exact same as Black Vinyl for all of you fuckers who are like, oh, it sounds like shit, except from Glow in the Dark Vinyl. It is scratchy. Everything, I've got every single possible variation of everything on vinyl. They all fucking play the same as Black Vinyl other than Glow in the Dark. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you sometimes you just got to go with what you're comfortable spending money on and yeah. all that. Well... I don't know. Do we? We don't even need to recap this. No, great I mean, album. I think season three. We we're not recapping anymore. We've we've fucking laid it out. Um. Well, we hope you enjoyed our Led Zeppelin two episode, folks. Um. I enjoyed it. Well, I I enjoy if we was in here just farting in the <laughs> microphone and you know making duck sounds or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, folks, we value your feedback. Hit us up at Beards Brews Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo dot com. Check out the Facebook page. Trav's been slacking. We still don't have Instagram or Twitter, but hey, maybe someday. I'm getting there. Um, you know, we don't do much research around here. No. And uh, hey, stay swaggy, friends. And don't forget, I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And we are Beers, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. And if you don't like Led Zeppelin too, fuck, fuck you. you.